You are listening to a Sunday sermon from St. Thomas Episcopal Church in Bellevue, Washington. We are a community that seeks God's presence, serves Christ in others, and grows together in our faith. Welcome to our podcast. The following sermon was preached on the 10th Sunday after Pentecost, August 9, 2020, by the Reverend Lex Breckenridge, Rector at St. Thomas. The Holy Gospel of our Lord Jesus Christ according to Matthew. Glory to you, Lord Christ. Jesus made the disciples get into the boat and go on ahead to the other side while he dismissed the crowds. And after he dismissed the crowds, he went up the mountain by himself to pray. When evening came, he was there alone. But by this time, the boat, battered by the waves, was far from the land, for the wind was against them. And early in the morning, he came walking toward them on the sea. But when the disciples saw him walking on the sea, they were terrified, saying, It is a ghost. And they cried out in fear. But immediately, Jesus spoke to them and said, Take heart, it is I. Do not be afraid. Peter answered him, Lord, if it is you, command me to come to you on the water. He said, Come. So Peter got out of the boat, started walking on the water, and came toward Jesus. But when he noticed the strong wind, he became frightened and began to sink. He cried out, Lord, save me! Jesus immediately reached out his hand and caught him, saying to him, You have little faith. Why did you doubt? When they got into the boat, the wind ceased, and those in the boat worshipped him, saying, Truly, you are the Son of God. The Gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, Lord Christ. My New Orleans children and and their two children, my grandchildren, are vacationing in Highlands, North Carolina this week. And Highlands is up in the Smoky Mountains. It's up over 4,000 feet. It's a a beautiful time of the year to be there. The temperatures are temperate. Uh, The mountains are green. Uh, the, the rivers and the, and the creeks and the waterfalls are all uh, flowing beautifully. And uh, we got a picture yesterday of, of the kids with uh, some others in a raft, and they were rafting down uh, the Nantahala River. And this particular picture, this wonderful shot of, of the raft going over the Nantahala Falls. And um, my son, our Zonis and my son, um, Big Alexander is in the front of the boat and seated right next to him is little Alexander, uh, who's eight years old. And behind him are uh, Caroline, his 10-year-old sister, uh, Caroline's mother, and some other um, uh, folks in the raft. And, and everybody's just paddling like mad uh, to get over these, uh, the falls in the Nantahala River, except for baby Alexander, little Alexander. He, he wouldn't want me to call him baby. He's little Alexander, eight years old. He's sitting right next to his dad, right in the front of the boat, and he has this wonderful look of both terror and exhilaration uh, on his face. And uh, the, the, he's covered with, with water, uh, and his, his dad has the biggest smile on his face, and he's paddling like mad. And um, it's a wonderful picture because he knows he's next to his daddy, and he knows he's safe. But he's experiencing this, this great sense of, of, 
of both terror and, and, and uh, freedom. It's just a, it's a beautiful picture. And as I've been thinking about that great picture uh, yesterday and today, I'm thinking about our gospel reading. <clears throat> I mean, here's some more images from that gospel reading to reflect on as we hold this image of, of little Alexander in the, in, in the boat on these turbulent waters in our minds. First off, we're told that Jesus takes time to pray. He's just fed uh, 5,000 people with uh, five loaves of bread and two fish. Uh, I'm sure it was an exhausting day. And, and what does he do? He withdraws and he, and he takes time to pray to refresh himself because he knows that there are turbulent waters ahead of him. He knows that there's, uh, that there's conflict to come. But he withdraws and takes this time alone to be in contemplation and prayer to refresh himself. And then Jesus sends out his friends onto the, the turbulent waters. Uh, and, and he sends them out because they have a mission. Uh, all through Matthew's gospel, Jesus has been talking to his, to his disciples, to his friends, about uh, their call to go out and carry this, this life-giving word of the, of the coming kingdom of heaven. Uh, to, to out, out into the world, just uh, as, as we heard uh, from uh, the Apostle Paul in this uh, reading from the Romans just a minute ago. You know, how can people believe if they haven't heard the word? So that's their mission. And Jesus knows that they're going to be conflict. He knows the waters ahead of them are going to be turbulent, but he sends them out anyway. And then uh, we, we're told the seas get, get rough and, and uh, the, the waves begin to act up and this little boat is being tossed in the water. And lo and behold, all of a sudden we see Jesus coming to them. They see Jesus coming to them out of the turbulence, out of the night, out of the storm. Jesus crosses the turbulent waters. And then, of course, we see that the, the, the disciples at first don't recognize them recognize them, and they don't recognize them because they're afraid. Do you know how often fear blocks us from, uh, from a true understanding of God's presence with us, of Jesus's presence with us? Uh, have you had that experience recently? I think we all have. That the fear, the anxiety about the unknown, the, the, the deep uncertainty of our present circumstances uh, can block off the flow of, of our knowing that God is with us, knowing that Jesus is present with us, knowing that Jesus is walking alongside us. That's, that's another image uh, from this beautiful story. And then, of course, Jesus calms the troubled waters. Um, this is the power of God. You know, those of you who've been following along uh, in our story of the study of the Gospel of John know that these seven signs of God's power in the John reports are never referred to as miracles. In fact, in none of the four Gospels are any of these, these great acts of power of Jesus' referred to as miracles. Because it's not a suspension of the natural order when Jesus, when Jesus heals, when Jesus um, calms the storm-tall sea. It's just the way God works in the world. It's, it's a revelation of how God works in the world. And in this case, we see uh, Jesus calming these turbulent waters. And um, finally, uh, the, another image in this story, just like the image of that great photo of my, my young grandson and his dad in the raft. Um, these are images that, 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 that hold both faith and fear in tension. You know, the, the words, the, the disciples were terrified. They became frightened. And then Jesus saying to them, it is I, 
do not be afraid. And then Peter reaches out his hand and, and, and Jesus, is, Jesus catches him. As Peter's sinking, you know, Peter's, Peter's somehow feeling lost, Jesus reaches out his hand and catches him and says, you of little faith, you of little faith, why did you doubt? Now, we don't know exactly the tone in which Jesus says that, but, but I want to imagine that he says it with, with warmth and, and with, with, with a sense of invitation. Oh, Peter, you, you're, you're, you have little faith. You, sh you don't need to doubt me. I'm here for you. And you know, saying that, that a person is, is of little faith doesn't have to be pejorative. We don't have to read it that way. Because you remember a few Sundays back, uh, Jesus uh, used this, the wonderful image of the mustard seed. And he said, if you have faith the size of a mustard seed, you'll be able to move mountains. So if you have just a little bit of faith, you'll be able to move mountains. You know, I heard it said um, earlier this week by somebody who I respect a lot that, and, and, and look, let's be, let's be candid about this. I mean, we seem to lack faith these days. As our, as our culture has become increasingly secularized, uh, we don't, we don't the, the, the biblical narrative, the biblical story uh, seems to be falling by the wayside. We don't, as a culture, we're not speaking the language of faith uh, as, we, as we once did. And I will say that there, there are parts of the church that aren't speaking the language of faith. Instead, they're speaking the language of certainty, the language of, of, of judgment, the language of, of exclusion, the language of, uh, of uh, I, I'm in and you're out. I'm bad, I'm good, you're bad. I'm right, you're wrong. That's too much of that is coming from the church these days. My dear brothers and sisters, that is not the language of faith. That's the language of arrogance and judgment. But this, this, so this wonderful person said that, that the reason we seem to lack faith these days is that we're not doing anything that requires faith. You know, we're not stepping out in faith. We're not stepping out into the unknown. You know, this, this, this judgmental language we hear from, from too many quarters in the church uh, is not about the unknown at all. It's not about stepping into the turbulent waters, not knowing what the, what the result will be, except to know that Jesus is with us. No, this is, this is once again, this is the language of, of, of arrogance. So I think our, our call is to, uh, to ask ourselves what it means to, uh, if, if we're gonna say we have faith, to do something that requires faith. And you know, Peter may only have had a little bit of faith, uh, but, you know what? Here's something important to remember. He was the only one who got out of the boat. You know, the rest of them didn't. They stayed in the boat and let Peter do the work. So this little bit of faith, you see, is maybe all we need to transform a situation of conflict, a situation to transform a situation that begins in fear. But then we're called to step out of the boat. And lo and behold, there Jesus is to catch us. Reminds me of, a, of another uh, incident from many years ago, another story that involves my family. I'm just going to, I'll share this with you. Uh, years ago, when we were, uh, when we were still in Austin, uh, on Thanksgiving Day, we uh, got together with a, a, a group of people who were led by some uh, folks in the restaurant business, 
and these, these uh, restaurant owners and chefs prepared Thanksgiving meals. And uh, we would, the, the invitation was for people who wanted to be part of this ministry to come and pick up the meals and then deliver them to places around Austin where it was known that, that folks experiencing homelessness would be gathered and we would be given a map. And, and so this one particular uh, uh, Thanksgiving day, we went to, to pick up our meals and we popped our trunk and we put boxes. So there must have been about 20, you know, styro, big styrofoam um, boxes uh, with individual meals. And we put them in, in the, you know, the, the cardboard boxes and put them in the trunk. And Zani and I were, were accompanied by our son, Robert. And Robert at that point was a junior in high school. And he had been uh, spending time volunteering uh, at a homeless ministry downtown. In downtown Austin that was run uh, out of uh, St. David's Episcopal Church. And it was called the Trinity Center. And the Trinity Center served uh, those dear people who were experiencing homelessness in downtown Austin. And Robert had, had, was having a wonderful uh, time doing this. And he's really getting to know uh, some of these folks and really understanding uh, his own uh, sense of privilege and, and, and how he could uh, share himself uh, with with others, and uh, it was it was just wonderful to watch him do this. So anyway, here it is Thanksgiving Day, and we pull up underneath uh, the interstate one of the Interstate 35 bridges uh, in downtown Austin. It wasn't far from from St. David's Church, and it was it was a, a known place where uh, folks experiencing homelessness would gather, and so we pull up, and I'll have to say that on this particular morning there was a fairly rough looking crew uh, there. And so um, I was out of an abundance of caution. I just thought, well, we'll just stay in the car and I'll pop the trunk, the lid of the trunk. Well, I did that. And you could see the, uh, some of these folks approaching the car. And you could also see that they weren't quite sure what to do since there, there were these three people just sitting in the car. And uh, yes, the, the, the lid of the trunk was open and uh, but they still weren't quite sure what to do. Well, who was it uh, but Robert who got out of the back seat of the car and goes around to the, to, the, um, to the trunk, the open trunk, and begins to distribute meals. And I could see that, that every person who he handed a, a, a styrofoam uh, container of food to, he was having just a little conversation with. Just a, just a, a, a word of greeting, a, a word of uh, acknowledgement looking them in the eye, uh, acknowledging that they were people of dignity and worth, uh, acknowledging that, that, that he respected them. And I will say whether this was really on his mind or not, I don't know, but acknowledging that, that they were each children of God, made in God's own image, Robert and the, and the person he was greeting. It was really beautiful to watch. And, and, you know, when Robert got back in the car, he closed the door. He said, Dad, sometimes you just got to get out of the car. I'll tell you, he convicted me that day. Dad, you just got to get out of the car. Peter, you just got to get out of the boat. Disciples, you just got to get out of the boat. You know, Robert certainly showed me the way that day. And Peter's showing us the way. You know, my dear sisters and brothers, in this time, we've got to get out of the boat. We've got to walk into those troubled waters, into those turbulent waters. 
You know, Peter's pioneered the way for us. Robert's pioneered the way for me. We've got to get out of the car. We've got to get out of the boat. I'm still, I, I hope we all are uh, continuing to, to reflect uh, on, on the life and the witness of that uh, amazing man, uh, Congressman John Lewis. Uh, he, he for, for well over 50 years, uh, he showed us the way. He showed us how to walk into troubled waters. He showed us what, what it meant to, uh, to, to walk into the turbulence, not to stay in safety in the boat, but to get out of the boat and walk into the turbulence. And, and he called that, and he, he, he often later in life uh, would, would give talks where he would say to people, go get in good trouble. I love that phrase, go get in good trouble. And in fact, that's the title of a documentary about Congressman Lewis's life that's now uh, streaming on Netflix. I, I hope you'll all get a chance to watch that. It's, it's, it's inspiring. His call to us is like Jesus' call to Peter. You know, get out of the boat, Peter. Get in good trouble. You know, go out amongst the people. Uh, you've, got a, you've got a wonderful message to proclaim. You've got a wonderful personal witness to make. I mean, Congressman Lewis made an amazing personal witness, didn't he? I mean, the courage, the bravery to step into those turbulent waters the way he did. And of course, he was powered by faith. He was powered by the Holy Spirit uh, to do that. Just like you and I are, my dear sisters and brothers, we too are powered by the Holy Spirit. Um, so let's re reflect on Congressman Lewis as a, as a wonderful example. I'm, I'm going to continue to hold my, my darling son, Robert, uh, in, 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 my, uh, in my heart as a great example to me. Uh, Dad, sometimes you just got to get out of the car. Well, I, I hope that I'll get out of the car this week and next week and in the weeks to come, and I hope you will too. Now, uh, Lacey Brown, uh, our wonderful uh, associate for music and liturgy, has got a, a version of a, of, of a beautiful, uh, sweet old hymn to, to share with us. Uh, Precious Lord, uh, take my hand. I, don't, don't you love Precious Lord? Um, let me see. Uh, there's one, one verse I wanted to read to you here. Let's see. Yeah, thank you. Precious Lord, take my hand. Lead me on, let me stand. I'm tired, I'm weak, I'm worn. Through the storm, through the night, lead me on to the light. Take my hand, precious Lord, lead me home. Amen. For more information about St. Thomas Episcopal Church, please visit our website, www.stthomasmedina.org That's a www.stthomasmedina.org